within two months of Memorial Press, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try not to cry, his writing is beautiful due to the uh. copy work that he has had to do. Welcome to the Homeschool Journal, a show that unpacks the joys and journeys of the classical homeschool family. Here's your host, Carrie McGraw. Hi friends, we're back together again today on the Homeschool Journal with a story you're not going to want to miss. Our guest today will tell the story of so many families in this last year that found themselves thrust into homeschooling. So whether you're a longtime homeschooler, a brand new homeschooler, or someone that's considering it, stay with us to listen to this story of struggle, awakening, determination, and triumph. Okay, so we're here today to welcome my friend Julie to our podcast. Julie, how are you today? I'm doing great. So glad to be on. Oh, we're so happy to have you and share your story. And and that's what I want us to start with and give a little bit of um, frame of reference here. Julie's story of entry into homeschooling is shared by so many. And and maybe you know that, Julie, and maybe you don't in, in you know our own little isolated sometimes homeschool worlds. But in this last year, Julie, I have continued to talk to. I mean, even now, I continue to talk to uh, women and parents that have been in your position across the country having to make these, these decisions to alter schooling in a way they never thought that they would. So that's why I'm really happy to have you here, Julie, today, so that we can tell your story, because whether you know it or not, it is a shared story, okay? Yeah. So And so I want to say to our listeners right now, like if you're just now you know tuning in and you're a longtime homeschooler or you're a newbie, you know, please stay with us and, and listen to Julie's story, and we're going to jump right into it. So, so Julie, tell me, um, even though I know a little bit about it, because we have talked a little bit, tell me what happened. Yeah. Tell me what was the circumstance, what changed that led you to homeschool at least one of your kiddos? And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but you tell me about the change. Well, you know, look, I think like everyone, it was it was the the, shut, the school shutdowns be, uh, because of coronavirus, and our schools are actually still closed. I live right outside of Washington, D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia, and those schools have not reopened. So they closed in March of 2020, and they are, and all of my kids are still home. <laughs> so, oh. um, and at the time, I had three kids enrolled in the public schools. Now, I will, I should say, we were really not happy and had not been happy with the public schools for quite some time. And so we were already wondering, okay, what are we going to do? We thought maybe we'll do one more year. And then, you know, but to be honest with you, homeschooling wasn't really on the agenda because I work full time. I do work from home, but I work full time. My husband works full time. And so, you know, I thought, okay, well that, you know, I can't do that. And I, I have, I, I, I had, I remember conversations with people where, I, where I would say, oh, well, you know, obviously that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, so in March of 2020, we switched over to the kids, you know, being home and still being in the public school system, and it was terrible. It was mm-hmm. all, vir- you know, obviously all virtual. And most schools at that time were, you know, I don't, I really don't know any school that did not shut down in March of 2020. And I'm right. talking public schools, private and, schools, and everything. Private schools. Mm-hmm. everything was shut down. So fine. And, you know, I was very patient and very like understanding at that time. But the online system that they stood up very quickly, and even at that time, I was sympathetic to kind of the, you know, this this badly done um, online system because, you know, look, they didn't prepare for this. They didn't know what was happening. But what was astonishing is throughout the summer, um, and, and again, my, my children were all struggling with it. 
but throughout the summer we realized, oh gosh, it's they're not going to change it. Uh-huh. So at that point we knew that particularly for my oldest, um, we needed to get him out of that system. He is, um, and, and at that point, the really the only thing we thought possible was homeschooling was me really taking charge of what he was learning and, um, and, and, and having much more of a role in his education. And so that is specifically what happened. And, um, that was really the driving force. And I will say the change, the sudden, like, Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to homeschool him. Um, part of it was because I was worried that, all of the schools that we were looking at were going to be virtual, um, even the private schools. And and many of them were, they were doing sort of a, a hybrid version. And he just doesn't do well in any kind of a virtual setting. And I thought the hybrid version of him, you know, doing two days at school and three days at home on virtual, I thought that would actually even be worse for him. My, my son has attention deficit disorder um, and actually he has ADHD. He's officially diagnosed with ADHD, although you wouldn't really, he doesn't really have that hyper quality, but he is officially diagnosed with that. And so he has trouble with attention. And in that situation, doing a hybrid where, you know, he has to shift years every other day just wouldn't work for him. So that is at that point, homeschooling became really the only option for us. Well, that's amazing because just like all good parents out there, we want the best for our children. We all do. And here you are, uh, this mom who has, uh, like with many, so many other moms across this nation and dads and and families that have found themselves thrown into this situation of having to make decisions, like you said, you never thought you would have to make. And, and also taking into account, you know, you you have different children with, with different needs. Now, Yes. This is where I, w- I want to give everybody a little bit of your background. And, and here's why, because I want to frame the reference of, you know, the change in your household and, and because it's the change in so many households and so many parents out there are trying to do the, the same thing. So I want everyone to know that Julie Gunlock is the director of the Center for Progress and Innovation at the Independent Women's Forum. She is an author of her own book. She has her own parent uh, podcast on different issues which is uh, totally absolutely fun to 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 listen to. I'm going to get to that very soon, Julie. We've already talked about that. Um, she, in the past, before the Independent Women's Forum, was a professional staffer um, on the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee. I had to read that one, Julie, because <laughs> it's just too long. But also the House Homeland Security Committee. She worked for Ohio senators. She worked for Oklahoma senators. She has written for the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, the Washington Post. She has been a guest commentator on uh, Fox News, PBS. CNN. Here is this woman who who had to make a shift. And after all of this, she is now a homeschooler. Now, to be fair, let's give some of your family. So you and your husband, Darren, have been married for 20 years and you have three boys, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And it's the 14-year-old that you're talking about that, that you felt that need to make that transition to homeschool. And so Everybody, this wonderful woman, this wonderful mom, this incredible researcher, author, this is a woman who knows her stuff. And so here's what I want to ask you, Julie. In this process, because it's not easy for anybody to make this decision to homeschool and shift gears completely, how did you go about researching homeschool options? And how did you find classical education in Memorial Press? Because I doubt that was anything that you were experiencing with your children already. 
I got to tell you, I was really overwhelmed. And there were a lot of restless, sleepless nights. There was a lot of worry and fear and uncertainty. And also, you just tend to beat yourself up because you, this was, I, and I got to say, when I, when we, when I said we were thinking about it, you know, I thought, well, I have like all the time in the world to think about this. <laughs> and suddenly <Oops. laughs> it was just, Boom. Like I've got to decide. And you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You gotta pull your kids out of the school. You gotta figure out all that stuff. Then there's all these associations like HSLDA and all these other associations that can help you with this. And there's there's formal, there's actual forms that you have. <laughs> you, there's like yes. a process. There's right? a process. So it's not it's, it's not just, you know, and then there's there are a lot of choices in the homeschool community, um, you know, in terms of curriculums. Now, I will tell you that. You know, the of course the mom guilt kicked in instantly, and I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I had been doing this all along. Because, and I'll tell you, that is something. As and I, I don't want to skip ahead here, but Memoria Press has been such an incredible, uh, uh, incredible curriculum for my son. I, it's it's as if it was designed for him, and I'm literally I'm getting choked up because oh, it's beautiful. I wish I had done this with him early on. So of course, you know, the mom guilt is always there. It was there at the beginning. It's there now. But I will tell you, um, part of what I thought would help me because it was so new and so overwhelming is I knew that, you know, there are a lot of these fabulous, you know, I sort of, you know, am in awe of these women who like design their own curriculums. And, you know, they're like, oh, we'll use, you know, we'll use the literature set, you know, from this particular brand or we'll do, you know, or they don't even like, they don't even go to homeschool brands. They, they like, you know, just pick out things, you know, they're like, oh, in science today, we'll go to a nature park. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, you know, I'm so not that creative or, um, and so, you know, I'm in awe of these women, but I knew that I needed help and I needed guidance. And what I loved about Memorial Press is, I mean, and I still, I have my binder and it tells me every day what to do. And um, it, the curriculum is, is, is so book-based, literacy-based, which for my son who, and I mentioned, you know, he has ADHD, but he's also sort of considered twice exceptional because of some of his abilities sure, and without gifts. getting into right. without, without getting into too much detail he he uh, he he craves reading and has always been an, he was an early reader he had a very strong vocabulary early on and i mean i will <laughs> he's just he's he's reading the hobbit right now and i will i he just got done with a bronze bow and i'll say um honey you know i need to actually do a little work today so why don't you go on the couch and read the bronze bow and then he'll be done he'll be done in like you know he reads it so quickly and then I think, oh, geez, I have all these quizzes to give him now. So you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's funny. I've, I've actually, and I've talked to someone at Memorial Press about how to handle that. But the point is, is, and I'm, I'm sort of going off on tangents here, but I was, was truly overwhelmed. But what I did, the first thing I did is I started talking to other homeschoolers and I started talking to friends who had done it. Mm-hmm. And and but I but I didn't have a lot of friends that had done it. So I also reached out to people who's you know like uh, I have a I have a colleague. Her mother was a homeschooler, had homeschooled four boys, and so I reached out to this woman that I didn't know. She gave me a ton of information. An, an educator, an act, a woman who actually teaches in a in a I think it's a Presbyterian school. She actually called me. She'd heard that I'd been considering this, she had a wonderful friend who I spoke to and she was the one who recommended Memoria Press and said, I, you know, when I talked about my son, I sort of gave all those details. She said, you know, you should really look at Memoria Press. And she also said, you know, they, they provide these 
you know, the, this guidance, this sort of daily guidance. And the minute she said that, I thought, oh gosh, I got to look into this. And so that was sort of my journey. And then when I finally called Memorial Presser, I, I, I think I emailed, I emailed Cheryl Swope, who mm-hmm. I like, I should, ha- I literally, we should have like, I, you know, I want a, a like a picture and candles burning. Um, and I, because like, like, I, 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 I adore, I worship her. She's so great. Helped me so much navigate and very gentle. She's very gentle about things and talked to me in a, and, um, she was very respectful, very kind. And, you know, I, I had so many questions and she never, I, I, she was just unfailingly patient. Um, and so that was another thing was that just the, the reception I got from Memoria Press. And, you know, I knew I was probably one of a billion people calling into that 800 line and emailing <laughs> because there were a lot of parents in my situation. I was not the only one. And so I think, too, it was um, it was really the reception I got. Every, you know, I will I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, mo, you know, most of the the homeschooling organizations that are companies that I called were very nice. I mean, no, nobody <laughs> made me feel terrible. But I just really enjoyed working with Cheryl and everybody. Every time I've called, I called once in tears because I was so confused and everybody was like, whoa, everything's fine. We're going we're gonna to work well, this out. And that's 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 the beauty of your story is to rip that Band-Aid off of homeschooling and and be yeah. honest about, you know, the, the launch wasn't easy. The decision wasn't easy. The, the just really kind of trying to get into it and find your own footing. So, so I love the fact that you, yes, Cheryl is wonderful. And, but, you know, I get to work with a lot of these people every day and I see how much they care. And yes, I'm kind of, you know, self-promoting Memorial Press right now, but um, I, I know that homeschool entities, we, we really care, uh, we really care about our families. And so I'm really happy that you found a home yeah. here with Memorial Press. But, you know, talk to me about those first, let, let's say that first month, you know, I mean, how how was that for you and your son and your family? Because, you know, not only do you have you and your son, you've got your your own work, you've got your husband yeah. work, you've got two other yeah. kids that you do have going to um, a local Catholic school, whether it be online or, or you know, um, but they're, they're in a different program and managing all of this. I bet that was a real tough adjustment to begin with. It- it was. And I will tell you, my other two children, so I do have one in Catholic school right now, but by the time we made these decisions, the private schools had already decided on the student. They were not allowing, they weren't, um, you know, admitting any more kids. So okay. we, my son is going to an all online virtual um, Catholic school. He is doing great. And he's my middle son. And he's, um, he's, he's very, um, he, he's, self-directed. He's very little help. He's, he does a great job. My youngest is still in the public school, but he's just finishing up elementary school and we're going to transfer him into a, a Catholic school afterwards. But again, we may be, um, we may be homeschooling him. We're still in the decision making process. But at that time, it was really uh, a scary transition because, you know, all of, again, all of this was new, but I will also t- tell you, we approached it like an adventure. Oh, oh good. Kids, so good. Especially my son, who I was homeschooling, we have a room in our house. We have a very small house, but we do have a room that where we put all the books and we have a piano and we just had a couple chairs in there and my, one of my sons plays cello and so we have the cello in there. And so we actually 
turned that into an, an office just for, for, for him and for me. And we both have desks in here. And it was so fun. We would start our day. But this was the great thing. It occurred to me that, you know, I'm really productive in the morning. I, I drink, you know, two or three cups of coffee and I shoot off my emails and I start whatever I need to do for the day. And my son is very bad in the morning and doesn't <laughs> like morning. And so it, it was funny. It's like the first day I was like, okay, it's eight o'clock or it's seven o'clock. Let's get up. Everyone needs to get up. Let's do it. And then, you know, a couple of days later, it occurred to me, oh my gosh, he can sleep in a little bit and I can actually do some work. And so I am very hard charged in the morning. I do a lot of stuff on my own. And then I get him up around nine, nine thirty. Um, he goes down and has breakfast. He has a great morning. You know, he really enjoys. And also he's not having breakfast with his brothers. It's just his own alone time. And then he, you, we usually get started between nine thirty and 10. It is wonderful. And then, you know, it's, it's really up to him. And he knows this. I say, look, we have this many subjects to get through today. We have this many assignments. You can go slow and we'll, we'll be done at, you know, three, or you can go really fast and then you can have the day to yourself. And, you know, it really is up to him. Sometimes, you know, sometimes he's not quite as, you know, paying attention. So that was the most interesting thing that first week is realizing that, you know, it was really our, our, by our design and, and we didn't have to sort of, <laughs> we didn't have to have them sort of sitting at a desk at, you know, 8 a.m. Um, so that was, that was funny. It took a few days for me to realize that, you know, I'm ultimately in charge, and, but he can also make choices for himself. That's beautiful and, uh, because yeah, it was, here's it was really what happens nice. is families find that rhythm. And I talk to families about this a lot. And um, boy, if you found that within the, like the first week, that's just amazing. Um, <laughs> really. Um, so I think it was him complaining about getting up. Frankly. There, there we go. <laughs> Listen, I've got three of those. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, this, I talked to families about this rhythm that, that they will, um, catch into and, and that will happen for them and unfold. And, and, you know, you mentioned earlier about our curriculum manuals and and how they are beautiful to lead both you and, in your case, with an older child, help lead that child through, I can imagine, right. um, because I know that parents will use it in, in both ways. But, you know, finding that rhythm for every family is really important. And, and it's not cookie cutter by any means, because, you know, you have two other children that are probably operate, have to operate differently. Um, since they're tied to, you know, a virtual school that might have a more strict schedule. And um, so I'm glad that that has, has seems to have happened for you. But tell me a little bit about, um, and you have, you've touched on this with the reading. Tell me a little bit about, about the successes for this particular child, this 14-year-old child. Well, this is, this is a wonderful, wonderful story um, that I love to tell. And it, it it means a lot to me, but I think it's meant more to him to see this. Um, my son has an IEP, an individualized education sure. plan. Mm -hmm. He had one in the public schools and it was, I was constantly um, sort of begging them to, um, to follow it. It was a real struggle. It was mm -hmm. a real struggle. And I also realized that my son is unique and that, no matter what he is being, he is a square peg being shoved into a round hole because public schools, they look, you gotta, you gotta adapt as a child. You have to adapt to the curriculum and whatever they're doing. You can't, they're not going to be special to you. And, and look, I, we can, you know, it's, as, as you say, it's a different podcast to talk about 
you know, the good and bad of that, right? So, um, and yeah, I but don't you do to- bring up a really important point that you know, in in a public school system, it's not just the fa- the child that has to fit, you know, square peg into a round hole. It's the family. And, um, 100%. right. It's so, 100%. and, and that's the freedom that this brings, you know, that, that homeschooling brings or these yeah, decisions, and, these decisions bring, but so, so go ahead. I'm so sorry. I well, no, 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 no. But it's, it, it was also frustrating to me that my public school district gets $18,000 per child right, without IEPs and $33,000 with an IEP for, for, for a child, they get $33,000 for my child. Mm-hmm, okay. Right. And for that, I got nothing but difficulty and struggles and my child falling behind significantly in certain subjects because he, he, and this was so frustrating, he was in honors because he should have been in honors classes because he is so bright. And yet the pace and the, 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 the accommodations were designed so that he didn't have to do much as much work, but he has to do that much work if he's going to catch it. So it's, it's a very complicated, and again, it's a whole other podcast, but let me give you one example. Early on, this was actually in maybe when he was in fourth or fifth grade, my son had exhibited some executive function problems. This is very common and very, you know, it's, it's common in general, but especially with children who have these complex um, special needs. So he, you know, if you talk to him, he will, if he reads a book, okay, he read a book um, about that molasses explosion in Boston that happened, you Mm -hmm. know, a hundred years ago or something, right? He was fascinated by this. He's also fascinated that like, you could apparently they're still finding molasses and cracks in Boston, okay? Because this thing blew up and got in every nook and cranny of Boston, okay? So my son was really interested in that, okay? He talked to me, he must talk to me for an hour, okay, explaining this and how interesting he was. He also talked to his history teacher about this, who then contacted me and said that Jack had the most fascinating perspective on this in class. And he stood up and he talked to the whole class. And he was really interesting. He stayed after class to keep talking to the teacher about it. He was just fascinated by subject. If you asked him to write down one sentence about that incident, he would not do it. Okay. Mm. And so, and it, it had, it was a combination of his mind racing and then not being able to write it down fast enough. Okay. And so these were common problems. But one thing I had noticed in the public schools is there was almost no copy work done. Okay. And so what had happened is they just expect you to write, right? And so if you're having trouble forming letters at a young age, there's not, they don't really accommodate you. And they don't, and this happens with general classes. It's not just, it's not just special needs kids. Many kids have trouble at a young age forming words and getting it right. And so if you fall behind, there's really no time to catch up, right. right? So, so he has, he had had tr- trouble with that. And I was constantly saying like, Okay, well, he needs to do, you guys need to give him homework. We need to do some, some workbook work. And I was doing it, but the teachers and even his special ed teachers were not really using these practices. Instead, they spent their time convincing me he will never write. Oh, and they heavens. would say this to me. No. They would say this to me. They would say, just you, and I'm not <sighs> kidding you. I, so, <laughs> they said, I wrote it down. Just give up. Stop it. You're, you're, you're hurting him by insisting on this stuff. And so I would say, look, all I know is that research says that kids memorize better if they write things down. So, you know, this is going to, his inability to copy things down or write notes or like write notes in class is going to affect him, right? And they said, well, he'll just type it out. 
this is the future. They said, don't worry about his writing. They'll type it out. And I said, no, the re-, you know, and I kept arguing with him. I would say like, isn't the research that they have to actually write it down, not just type it out. Like writing actually is connected to memorization. Yes. Anyway, so I'd argue with them and they would say, you're, you're hurting him by focusing on this. You should really just let him. So they got all this technology on his computer. They got voice to text. They had a whole bunch of other stuff, which by the way, was embarrassing for him to use in class because sure. he got to talking to it in a, in a silent classroom. And there's, you know, there's my son in the back, you know, talking to himself. And so he didn't like this technology. So I can't, I was always, I knew, I kept being told, and I'm, this is, this is a point of great shame for me, but I said, okay. And I said, fine, we'll just give up on, on writing. Within two months of Memoria Press, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try not to cry, his writing is beautiful due to the uh. copy work that he has had to do with the, with, you know, the, um, our favorite book or Jackson, the English grammar recitation. Yes. And I know I sound like, I know I sound like a big commercial for more press, but the copy work and what's so great is there's copy work, but he's also at the t- same time learning all of the grammar rules that he has memorized. And we have so much fun with the memorization, the cards, <laughs> and we make a big joke. And we're, I've actually recorded him because he's so funny when he does it. But it's amazing how he's now using those rules while he writes his letter formation just because of, of the copy work. Yes. Now, these are th- this is something that it, like I sort of thought would happen. But I, it was like in my mind, but I, you know, I'm not in education. It's not my job, and I and I had you know I did I I'd mentioned the research that I would tell the teachers, but I didn't have a lot of time to really focus on this. But I kind of suspected it was true. It is true. It is amazing how he's improved. His I actually look at his writing now, and I I can't believe how beautiful it is. And it was two months of of a simple change, a simple change that that. Look, I don't don't want to bash the public schools, but they wouldn't do it. Right. And it's, but it's not just so simple. I want to give you credit, Julie. You were a determined mother. And, and, and though the forces had weighed down upon you and, and things paused for a moment for your son, you were a determined mother and you are now, you know, flying with your son. And that is incredible. And I love the fact that you called English grammar recitation fun. I want everyone to hear that. Okay. <laughs> um, because, kid, you know, kids may not, kids may not agree with that one, but it is it is formative it is formative and everything that you have just mentioned is true and formative and needed for our students out there and so many are not getting it and and yet this is where we are at memoria press we are saving western civilization one student at a time and now and i say this before one family at a time so julie we've been able to talk about your son you know, and the amazing things that have happened for him. And I praise God for that. But talk to me for just a second about you. How has, what have you learned about yourself in this process? You know, I, I will tell you that I, I have learned that I've learned a lot more about parenting. And about that's your podcast, right? What? Yes, that is my podcast. I have learned a lot about what Western civ today, modern Western, like, you know, modern culture. And I don't even want to say what I want to say, like the modern American culture and what parents are seen as. And for years, I've actually written about this for years. I've seen how um, there's been this 
effort to replace parents. If you look at, um, for instance, in the public schools, you know, the, the school lunches, you know, they're, they provide three meals a day. You can drop your kids off as early as, you know, 6.30 in the mm-hmm. morning. They'll get breakfast. They'll get lunch. They'll, many school districts now give uh, what they call a snack, but it's pretty much dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, they have aftercare and before care. And they usually, you know, that's usually a private public partnership. But still, um, you know, there's health services. There's so many services that schools provide now. And one thing I think that has put into sharp relief since coronavirus and the shutting down of schools is that parents need to do more. And, you know, and, you know, I've, I've always been sort of a firm believer in, in, in preparing meals and packing your kids a lunch and all that stuff. But they need to take a greater role in their children's education and they need to start asking questions. What is the curriculum? Get it. You yes. can ask any teacher, you can ask them. I people should be reviewing the curriculum. Julie, I say and this all the time. People, if, if you know, no matter where you choose to send your child or what you choose to educate right. your child with, open the books. Open, open the, book. the books. Yes. Know what is going to be set in front yes. of your child. Know what the scope and sequence is. Know what that, you know, whatever you can in the content of that class or or the the type of teacher, the person that's going to be in front of your, your student, your child is the most important yes. thing in your life. They deserve investigation. They what do. you choose to put in front of them deserves investigation, right? And and learn and the other thing is is that there that with homeschooling, we have we have really for my son, who I think particularly needs it, he loves it now. He loves he loves we had, we bought him a t-shirt for Christmas and it says I'm too school, I'm too cool for school. And I actually <laughs> said home, homeschoolers. And he loves talking about it. he anybody who asks him, and it's so funny because but my husband jokes that we've become total bores because like all I talk about is Memorial Press and all my son talks about is homeschooling. Like <laughs> I, I, I I'm okay I'm with hopeful. that one, Julie. I'm okay with I, that. <laughs> I'm always I'm always like, oh please ask me, please ask me, please ask me a question. Cause then like I can't I get my motor goes and then I can't stop talking about how excited <laughs> I am. We have bit become a happier family. We've become a more connected family. Oh. I'm telling you right now, I love <laughs> the Famous men of the Middle Ages, and we're doing famous men of Greece. I enjoy it. I literally, yes. I'm like, come on, Jack, let's do it. Let's do one more chapter. Um, it is, it is just. We have grown as a family. We talk about these subjects at dinner much. We're, we're, we're I feel like we're a much more interesting family in the things that we're talking about. So, um, I've learned just a lot about uh, about the role of. I, I would say a deeper role of what um, parents should have in, in their children's lives and, and how they can really, they, if, if they suspect something's off, and I did, I said for years I had worried, um, they really need to look at these opportunities. I think post-coronavirus, I think there's going to be a lot more flexibility in the workforce. I think people are going to be working at home a lot more. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, I don't have an easy job. I'm tired and I, you know, I have, I don't have a minute to myself. Someone said the other day, have you watched this Netflix show? And I'm like, are you insane? Um, <laughs> T- television? And, what is that? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, but I, but I think people, it, it, it can be done if you work. Cause a lot of people are going to say, well, I work. I can't. If you work and if you work from home and for older kids, even if you work outside the house, the, the schedule, the, the guide that I mentioned that Memorial Press gives you, if the child is older and can sort of self-motivate and self-direct, this is what you need. This is what you need. You say, hey, this is, it's Monday. Here's what it says you need to do. And I, I know I'm going on too long, but I, one last thing I would like to say, you know, one thing that parents 
I know a lot of parents who their children are going through the grades, right? They're sixth mm-hmm. grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And, and they're like, oh, I'm really worried because she's not ready for pre-algebra. Oh my gosh, she's not ready for this. I actually took Jack back a couple grades in math and mm-hmm. he's been catching up. He got through an entire grade by, uh, we finished Jan- in January. He's now st- started the second grade and he'll do another grade probably over the summer. It has been a wonderful, my gosh, the math books. It has been a wonderful review for him. So the one thing also, and I feel, I, I feel like I just need to mention this. We did it cafeteria style. The thing about Memorial Press is you don't have to just go, okay, he's in eighth grade. I'm going to buy the eighth grade. Cap- right. I'm going to buy That's the eighth right. grade curriculum. I think parents need to understand that it is a whole, I remember Cheryl, she kept saying, I think you're thinking like you've been in the public schools a long time. Right. Like, As if so you're nice. supposed to fit your child into <laughs> right. this, you know, square peg round yeah. hole. And that's not what this is. You know, right. this is what the freedom of homeschooling provides you. It provides you freedom yes. of schedule. It provides you the freedom to, to you know, component all of the pieces that are appropriate for your child. And that's what Memorial Press wants to walk families through is to say, this is where your child is. And this is what's been particularly difficult for families coming out of a square peg round hole situation or a brick and mortar school, as as I call it, and is to realize that, that realization that my child can be at different places and now I can take care of each of those places and give my child that which is not only appropriate, but that which is good, true, and beautiful. And so, Julie, you have leveled so many words of encouragement, so many moments of encouragement, I hope, to parents out there who have had to make this transition amidst all of the other things that have gone on in life in 2020 and now 2021. And so I hope that they have heard from you the ability to stay determined, to know your child, to to know that there is something out there for your child, that you can save Western civilization and your family all at the yeah. same time, <laughs> you know, um, and and that homeschooling can be that that option for so many. But here's the last thing I want to say to families out there that I hope they heard from you. You homeschooled in the middle of it all with a child that someone would look at and say, I can't start over now. I I can't jump in with a 14-year-old, but you did it. And and I know that you found people along the way, like Cheryl here, you know, at Memorial Press, and and that's what we want to do, and that's what I want parents to do out there. Reach out, know that you can do this, you can transition, you will find your rhythm. Julie did, right, Julie? I did, and I just I have to say, just make the call, just call. I, I sound like a commercial, make the call, <laughs> right? I do. I sound like an infomercial, but I'm telling you. Just, 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 there's, there's no, there's nothing to lose. And if you're thinking about this, there's a lot of questions. They have a lot of answers. And when there's nothing to lose, it's your child. There is everything to gain. So I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us today for Julie's story of transitioning into homeschool, this new homeschooler who has a whole new world open to her. I hope it's open to you all as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Homeschool Journal. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you like our episodes, consider leaving us a positive review and sharing it with a friend. Help us to find more friends to join our homeschool family. 
I want to give a huge thank you to the Memoria Press Podcast Network for hosting our show and ask that you check out all of our great podcasts there. As always, I'm Carrie McGraw. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Memoria Press Podcast Network, providing a classical Christian perspective on the world of education. To learn more about Memoria Press, visit memoriapress.com. To connect with us, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.